Good morning, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's get started. We're on the bottom of Welcome everyone. Over to Ratav Yom Today is your Daf Chaf Bet. We'll begin on Chaf Aleph Amur Bet at the bottom of the page. Amar Rav Abba Amar Rav Huna. First wide line. Shlosha Shiyashvu. Three people who are sitting as judges. So you have three judges who are coming to certify a document. And somebody uh, made a rumor about one of the judges that he's Pasul. So it depends when this thing happened. If If it was before the two other judges signed that the, that the star is good, right? The three judges are deciding whether the, the document is good. And the two of them are going to sign now. If it's before they signed Me'idin Alav, they could testify about the third judge that he is good, and then he could sign with them because they testified that he's good. If it's after they already signed, then Me'idin Alav, then they can't testify in him. Vechotem, and he can't sign. Now, we're not sure exactly what they're testifying. There's a few different reasons why a judge might be Pasul. So the Gemara is trying to clarify, why exactly is this judge Pasul? What, what are they coming to say about him? If they said, let's say that the judge is a thief, and since the judge is a thief, he's Pasul to judge, and the other two judges are saying, no, he's not a thief, then... Then we have two judges, that, two witnesses that are canceling each other out. And if it's true that the, the, the two judges are canceling each other out, we should have a safek. And in a safek, why are we letting the guy continue to judge? The two witnesses are saying he's a thief. The two judges are testifying about the third judge that he's not a thief. So they cancel each other out. And from a safek, we shouldn't let him be a judge. If they're testifying about his family, that is a defect in his family, which means that maybe he's a uh, a slave. So then, it's something that, you, that will be will be cleared, and therefore, of course, they could believe the two the two judges will be believed to say that he's not a slave. After all, it's something that's easily verifiable. And therefore, we can't be talking about something like that. So the Gemara says, no. Really, I can answer you and tell you that we're, that we're saying that he was a thief. Right? And the reason why we believe the judges, even though it's two against two, is because these two judges are not really going against the first judges. If the first two were saying that he's a thief, and the judges are saying that he's not a thief. So then they're going head-to-head with each other, and as a safek, we can't use him. But if the judges are not going head-to-head, they're agreeing with what you're saying. Yes, he was a thief, but we know he did tshuva. Then they're not going head-to-head, and the second judge would be believed because the second set of the judges will believe against the witnesses because... They're not disagreeing with them. We agree with you, but we have information you don't know. Is that clear? Yeah. 
Okay. Amr Abzeira. Hamiltam Rabbi Abba Shemili. These words I heard from Rabbi Abba. The Ilav Rabbi Abba Dimin Aku. If it wasn't Rabbi Abba Dimin Aku Shibhua, if it wasn't for this Rabbi, I probably would have forgotten this halacha. But came with the If you have three judges who sat to certify a document, Umet Echad Behem, and one of the judges dies before they get a chance to certify it. Once we were talking before about three judges certifying, we're going to mention this case. They have to indicate that one of the judges dies before they sign it. How do they indicate when they certify it? They write, we're sitting as three and one of us is missing. By saying one of us is missing, you're indicating that one of the judges died. And that needs to be indicated if one of the judges dies. If not, you're, you're signing sheker, you're signing false, and it won't work. If one died in the middle of the proceedings, correct, that needs to be indicated in the way they certify the document. They have to say, we are sitting with three and one is missing. Amar of Nachman Yitzchak, says, V'i katava. And if he writes the following words, Shtar dinan nafak lekadmata beidina. If he says that the, this star came in front of us to the beidin, so, right? And there are only two judges signing it. Since they said it's a betin, so it's obvious that there were three. So since there were three, so, and, the, and only two judges signed it, so it's clear that one died, and then you don't have to write that one is missing. It's okay if you just say that it came in front of the betin, and they'll understand that there was three, and then they'll understand that two guys signing means the guy died. That would be okay also. So the Gemara challenges this last statement of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak, and the Gemara says, wait a second. There is a concept of a chutzpah bedin, a bedin with chutzpah, that will only be a bedin of two guys. So when two guys signed, who said that it was a guy who died, and therefore we know what happened? Maybe it was a bedin of chutzpah, which is a bedin of two guys. like Shmuel. The Shmuel Shmuel says, Shnaim Shedanu din. Shmuel says, you're supposed to have three judges to judge a case. But if two judges deliberately do judge a case, it works. But but it's called a betin with chutzpah. So here too, <coughs> here too, maybe when you have, when they say this judge, this document came in front of the betin, maybe they're just calling themselves two guys a betin. How do we know it was three guys and one died, and therefore you don't have the right that the guy died? What do you mean? Maybe you're talking betin chatsuf. Where it says, no. <clears throat> the guy said, it says on the document that it came in front of the Bedina of Rav Ashi. And Rav Ashi, of course, is not a chutzpah rabbi. And therefore, it's like it's said that there's three, and if only two guys signed, so we know that it, uh, the guy died. Where it says, Maybe the rabbis of Rav Ashi hold like Shmuel. It says, they wrote on it, that Rav Ashi told us to sign the star. Since Rav Ashi told the two guys to sign the star, it's obvious that one of them died, and therefore, it's fine. Okay, we're up to the brand new Mishnah. Let's see the Mishnah. Here's an interesting case. The woman says, I was a married woman. But now I'm a divorcee. So we didn't know that she was married. And she comes to tell you, I was married and now I'm divorced. Now, 
we don't have witnesses that she got divorced. But she's believed. Why? Because her mouth, which is what told us that she was, she became forbidden to other men, is the same mouth that says that she's allowed to other men. Because the same mouth that told us she got married, told us that she got divorced. Okay? But if there were witnesses that she was married, now she claims that she was divorced, and I mean, then she's not believed. Show us the divorce. Why, why before you believe me? Because before we didn't have witnesses, but now we have witnesses. We're not going to believe you unless you produce a document. So another case. Let's say she says, I was captured by pirates, but I, they didn't sleep with me, and therefore I am mutar to marry a Kohen. I don't believe her. Don't believe her. So it says, she's believed. Why? You remember the other case, Victor. But this case, she's believed. Because we didn't know that she was... Uh, the case you're remembering is when we knew that she was captured by pirates. We don't believe her. But here, no one ever heard that she was captured by any pirates. And therefore, when she comes and says that she was captured by pirates, but she was believed, but she was, she was never touched, we'll believe her this time because we had never had any knowledge in the first place. She could have never told us that she was captured and we would let her allowed. So therefore, once, you, once I'm telling you this, believe me, then I'll tell you that she, they didn't touch me. Right? But if there's witnesses that she was captured, and she says that she's and then she's not believed, like Victor said. Okay? Let's say after she married a Kohen, then... Bow Edim, the witnesses come and they say that she was captured. Right? She does not have to leave her husband. Okay? Seemingly, that's what the case is. It doesn't say it's a coin, but I'm assuming the case is a coin, because otherwise, why does the husband care if she was forced? Anyway. Says the Gemara. Amar of Asi. Where do we see in the Torah? That this concept of peshe asar peshe hetir. Now the Gemara is going to later say that it's logical, but before we do that, we're going to attempt to learn it from the case of Moti Shemra. In Moti Shemra, we have a, a father who marries off his daughter who was never married before, and the guy who marries her claims uh, that uh, she had slept with someone during the time and she wasn't a betula. So the guy says, Et biti natati la ish hazel isha I gave my daughter to this man and he hate, as a wife and he hated her. So when he says, Et biti natati la ish, I gave my daughter to the man. Once you said those words in front of the court, you just said, your daughter is a married woman. Then when Asara, at that point, you made her Asura to, to, to marry any other person in the world. When you continued and said the next word, la ish hazel, this man, now you allow her. Because now you said that she's allowed to her husband. Right? So you may, if, if the father would have had a heart attack after saying, his daughter would be a sword to everyone from the world. When he continues and says the next word, so he just allowed her to the husband. Right? So we, since you see that she's believed in such a case, Okay. Over here, Yaakov. Okay. Since you see that he's believing the case, so we see that Pesha Asar, the mouth that said the beating down to the ish, is 
is peshiti or is the is the mouth that's also allowed to say hazeh and allow her. The Gemara asks now, Lamalikra, I don't need a pasuk. Sivarahu, it's logical. He asid. Who asara? He made her Who sharila? Why shouldn't it be that the the father should have power the same way someone has power to make her asur? He should have the power to make her mutar. Ella Sigmar accepts that. That really, it's logic, and you don't need a pasuk for it. So now Sigmar is stuck with a problem. What do I need the words laish hazeh for? If it's not teaching me pesha asar pesha etir, what do I need it for? Sigmar says Ella ki it's tarich kra. Where do we need a pasuk for? The kid of Huna Amarav. We need it like Rav Huna Amarav. The Amar of Huna Amarav. Minayim la'av. Shne'eman le'esod b'tov in the Torah. How do we know that a father is is believed to forbid his daughter from the Torah? Shne'eman, as it says, et biti netatadishazeh. I gave my my daughter to this man. The fact that you, you that that the Torah believes you that you gave your daughter to somebody proves that if a father says I buried my daughter off, he's believed. Right, the fact that he's allowed to be, uh, allow her that is logical. But the fact that he's allowed to make her, make her asur that you need this pasuk for. So the Gemara says, okay. This one is Well, the daughter was born unmarried, so we don't need the father to say that she's unmarried. We need a father to say that she got married. And the chidush here is: what if the daughter gets up and says, "I was never married. Who are you?" But yet we believe the father. So the fact that we believe the father is what the reason that's the purpose of that pasuk to teach you that the father has believability when it comes to his daughter's meridial status. Okay. Now the Gemara says, So what do I need hazeh for? We need it like Rabbiona's reason. This comes to teach you a special law. Let's say, normally, if a guy is falsely accusing his wife of not being a bitula, and later he's proved to be false, he has to pay 50 shekel to the father of the girl and keep the girl forever. But that's only true if it's the guy who slept with her. But let's say the guy got engaged to her, and then he died, and his, his younger brother marries the girl in Yibum. And now the younger brother is claiming that she wasn't betula, and then he's proven false. He, you would think that he would have to pay fifty shekel. Gemara says, "Halaish Only if you gave it to this man is he pay fifty shekel. But if it's not this man, it's his brother who's taking over Yibum, then there is no fifty shekel payment in such a case. And that's what we learn from the word hazeh. Tanur Rabbanan, Haisha Shamra Eshet Ish Ani, the woman who says, "I'm a married woman." Is a bright and similar to that Mishnah. And then she backtracks and says, No, I told you I was married. Ha, I was sketching. I'm single. In a minute, she's believed. says, How could it be? When she said she was married, she made herself into a piece of non kosher meat. How could she be allowed to undo that? The case is that she gave an amatla, which means she gave an excuse why she changed her mind. You're right. If the girl had not changed her, given an excuse, she would never be believed. But in this case, she gave an excuse. 
And therefore, that's why she's believed. Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a brighter that confirms this as well. Amra Isha Eshet Isha If she says, I'm a married woman, Chazra Amra Pnuyani, then she goes back and she says, No, I'm a free lady. And she's not believed. And if she gives an amatla, which means she gives an excuse, then the bright confirms what Rava Baravuna said, that she's believed only with excuse. And here's a story of an example of the excuse. There was one chashuv lady. Chashuv means that she was from a good family. She was also great in beauty. Many men jumped on her. Doesn't mean literally, but they jumped and they're, they're bothering her. They cut to marry her. Since it was hard for her to handle them, Amnalahem, she told them, Mikudeshit Ani. She said, I'm married already. And they all bugged off and they left her alone. Liamim, after some time passed, Amda Vikichat says, She went and she got, took Kiddushin from somebody. So the rabbis asked her, what do you do? So she told them, When I saw bad people coming to me to marry me, I said that I was married, right? Now that I saw some good people, I got up and I married myself off. This question of Acha brought up in front of the in front of the rabbis in Usha. And the rabbi said, if she gave an excuse, she's believed. So that's an example of a good excuse. They believe her. Because she has a reason why she said it. So Shmuel asked Rav the following question. A similar case, but different. Here, the girl is a, for sure a married girl. But her, she told her husband that she became a nida. And then, a few days later, she tells the husband that she, she wasn't a, she's not a nida. Now, she can't get purified that fast. So she says, I really was never a nida. Uh... Is she believed? Amarle, so Rav Tochmul Afbizu here too. If she gives an excuse, a reason why she didn't do it. For example, let's say she says she, they were in a fight, and I only said because of the fight that we had, and now I'm telling you the truth that I'm not. Then a minute, then she she's believed, right? Right? We're going to see soon. I think that, I'll give you one example. If I, I think there's other examples as well. Okay? So Shmuel, when he heard it from Rav, he repeated it 40 times in order to remember the halakha. Even though he did it 40 times, one time Shmuel's wife pulled this on him where she told him she was Tameh and then she told her she was tahor, him she was Tahor and she gave an excuse and he didn't do it. He waited until she dipped in the mikveh the right way, and he didn't touch her the whole time. Because he didn't want to rely on this kula of... Right, what? Something like, 
you're always relying on a Deoraita anyway. Uh, the, the Gemara says, well, Tosot says the case was that she said she was too tired to have Tashmish. And when he came to her to have relations, she told her that she's too tired. And she told him that she's Tameh in order that he should leave her alone, which of course he did. And then he didn't touch her the rest of the time. Okay? Even though she said, no, I'm just tired, he didn't buy. Tanur Rabbanan. Shnaim Omri Met. Two guys say that the husband died. Vishnaim Omrim Lomet. Two guys say he didn't die. Shnaim Omrim Kasha. Two guys say that he divorced her. Shnaim Omrim Lomet Kasha. Two guys or two guys say don't divorce her. That's case A and case B. Harezu Loti Nasef. In a case like this, she should not get married. Why? Because it's a safek, and it's a safek. You know, you have to be strict. Said, but let's say she already got married. She should not go free. Which means she doesn't have to get divorced just because uh, there's a safek. disagrees. He says that she does have to get divorced even if she got married. When do I say this law that she has to get divorced? That's if the witnesses came and then she got married. Aval, Nisid, but she got married first and then the witnesses came and they canceled each other out. Lord, that says she doesn't have to leave. Why? Because she got married right. So Mari asked, what are you talking about? How could she not have to leave? If, if it's two against two, she's safek if she's married. And Safek, if you have a person has relations with a girl who's Safek married, the law is you need to bring a korban Asham Talui. Asham Talui is a korban that you bring when you're not sure if you did a Yisur. Right? So here you're not sure if you did a Yisur. Every time you sleep with her, you should have to bring another korban. How could we say you're allowed to stay married to her if you got married already? What are you talking about? Every time you sleep with her, you should have to bring a korban. A korban that for, for, for doing a Safek Yisur. The case here is that you don't have to, he doesn't have to bring a korban. You know why? Because the guy that she married was one of the witnesses who said that she wasn't, that she was divorced. Since according to the witness who says she's divorced, he says, I'm sure that she's not married, so I can marry her. Because I don't have to bring a korban, I know she's not. Mara says, okay, well that's good for the husband, but he gufa b'asham talui kaima. She's also in Asham Talui, which means, okay, he, he doesn't have to bring a korban because he's one of the witnesses, but she does because she's not sure. But I said, no, but Mary Barley, we're talking about a case where she was sure she's divorced, and therefore they both don't have to go to korban. That's when she could get married. But the husband could be a witness? The husband, what? The husband could be a witness? No, it's not the husband. Oh, the witness became the new husband. In other words, one of the witnesses, after he testified, and two witnesses were against him, he, he went and he married her. So therefore, mm-hmm. yeah. therefore it's fine. How does the Lord say, don't get married? If you got married, you don't have to go out. 
Another case, Shnei Mim Gasha, case B. Two guys say she's divorced, Shnei Mim Gasha. Lotan said, Lotan shouldn't get married, but if she get married, she has to go out. My generation of Mike Moore says, what's the difference between the case of two saying he died and two saying divorce? It's the same thing. Why does Yochan have to say both laws? Right? Same thing if the witnesses say she, the husband died, or the witnesses said that he's divorced, it should be the same halacha. Moore says, Amar Abaya, don't learn it that there was Shnaim, there was two witnesses. He was talking about there's one Ed knocking out one Ed. So the one, in other words, there's one witness saying that she was uh, married, and the other witness saying that she was divorced. Okay? Now, Edomer met when one witness says she, the, the husband died. The Hamin Rabbanon, the rabbis believe him because Kibetre as if it's two, and therefore that's why she's believed. Whenever the Torah allows one witnesses, it's like it's like two, and therefore it's like two. And the one who says Lomet, he's like only one witness because the Torah doesn't specifically give any believability to a guy who says Lomet. There's a special believability to a guy who says the husband died. But there's no special believability to a guy who says the husband's not dead. And therefore, it's two against one. And therefore, therefore, since the words of one don't go against the words of two, therefore, that's why the one who says he's dead is believed. Then why don't we let her get married? Why do we say only if she got married, it's okay? If we believe two over one, and the one who says he's dead is like two, so then we should say, Lechatchila should get married. No, he says, we don't let him do that, Mishim de Ra'asi, because of Ra'asi's rule. What's Ra'asi's rule? Dam Ra'asi, Ra'asi says, Hasem mecher akushat peh. Don't do something that people will make fun of you. People who laugh at you, take put far away from you. And therefore, even though... Even though no, even though technically the one Ed who says that he died is more believed than the one who says he's not dead, but since people don't understand this law, therefore we do not rely on it, and we um, and we uh, tell her don't get married. But if you got married, you can stay married. Okay, uh, we're gonna st- uh, let's just finish. They're both testifying about a married, married man, married, married woman. And the one who says you divorced is one. And over there, there, uh, one can't can't work against two, which means like this: in that case, both of them are testifying that she was married. Because the one who said divorced is admitting that he was married. And yet only one, one witness is saying that she was divorced. And therefore it's two against one. And therefore, therefore, we will not allow them to get married. Right. And that's why if you got married in that case, Ted say you have to get divorced. Because over there, Everyone agrees that she was married. Both witnesses are saying that she was married. And one was saying she had divorced, the other one saying no. So you have two against one. Two guys saying she's married, one guy saying she's divorced, and therefore we can't believe him, and therefore it doesn't work. Okay. We're going to stop tomorrow at Rava Amar. Okay? Baruch Adonai Amen.